0: Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. And thank you for joining us for this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Grady. I'm here with my co-host, Lou Weiss, and we're going to be speaking today with Mark Stephens who's the CEO of Airline Hydraulics, happens to be a value-added distributor of fluid power automation and machine safeguarding products. And we're going to learn some things from Mark that you can use in your business to safeguard your employees as you get into this restart period here over the next several months. Uh, Lou, you've already had a conversation with Mark, and this looks to be an interesting topic for the U.S.,
1: Uh, Yeah, I had a great conversation uh, with Mark the other day and uh, uh, learned a lot, and uh, he's got some uh, great ideas. Uh, I'm still trying to wrap my head around the name of the company, Airline Hydraulics, compared to what he does, but we're going to go through that with him, and he'll explain it, and maybe I'll get it the second time. So, (laughs) Mark, (laughs) welcome to the show.
2: Yeah, thank you, Lou, and thank you, Tim. I appreciate you having me on today. Um, it's quite an honor. Yes, Airline Hydraulics is uh, kind of an unusual name for a company that deals with uh, things that are not airline-related, right? Um, <laughs> very difficult dinner party discussion, uh, as we talked about before, Lou, like what do we actually right. do? Um, I'm Sure. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, short story on that is a company was started 71 years ago now uh, by Joe Lochran Sr. He came off the boat from Ireland, one of the, you know, classic immigrant stories, and started a company um, repairing pneumatic tools, hence the airline uh, name. used to be called Airline Corporation. And uh, about 10 years later, after, uh, you know, scraping his bumper in his Lincoln Continental, you know, picking up parts, he, um, he took on a hydraulic product line. And back then it was called Vickers. Uh, Today it's an Eaton uh, company. And um, actually Dan Foss bought them recently. And um, that's where the hydraulics came from. So we've never ever serviced the airline industries from an airplane perspective. We do ground support stuff with uh, jacking systems, but um, we've never supported them from a parts and OEM parts perspective. So I'm not sure if that gives you a little bit of better clarification on airline hydraulics.
1: Okay. So, uh, let's, uh, let's talk about airline hydraulics as it is today, what you're doing, how you're helping, uh, uh the manufacturing sector. Uh, and, um, uh, I know that you're involved, uh, doing things in terms of, uh, a reentry system for, uh, the, the COVID-19 wave that we're having. So, um, uh, why don't you give us a little insight into actually what you do do
2: yeah thank you
1: um so i would call us a not not to use an overused
2: cliche but a value add distributor um uh, about 15 years 20 years ago people started to talk about value add and how the pendulum was going to swing and that if you weren't doing value add you would cease to exist because um, you know, back then company, companies like Amazon were not around, but there were a lot of companies that were SKU-driven companies. Um, airline, we, we've always had, I think, a healthy balance. About 65% of our revenue comes from um, just part selling, um, typically an engineered part into a system that would be OEM or end-user uh, related, and 35% of our business comes from value add solutions and A value-add solution for us could be something as small as putting um, uh, a wiring harness on a stepper motor for a dialysis machine and doing that, you know, 10,000 times uh, to a solid rocket fuel extrusion system for the Navy. Um, We did several of those three or four years ago. So very, very diverse. We have 31 engineers on staff, uh, 64 salespeople. Uh, We're about 320 strong as an organization. And um, we have eight locations across the Northeast. That being said, we service really the entire country. It's just the Northeast happens to be where we call home, so to speak.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and, um, yeah, as an organization, we're doing, you know, in the hundred forty, hundred fifty million million, $150 million in revenue, which is fairly large relative to the size of our competitors, which is a very, very difficult dart to throw on the board as to who we actually compete against because it's fairly wide in its variety. But, um, and, and we've been doing the value add for, like I said, about 15 years, 15, 20 years. We we're one of the first that space to really make investments in people that way. And, um, you know, inventory is cheap. People are expensive. And so we, um, we've, we've made an investment actually in both. And, um, it's been a positive thing. We're an ESOP company. We're an employee owned company, hundred percent. We've been that for 15 years now, uh, which is quite an accomplishment. And, um, uh, we have managed to survive and, in some cases, thrive through this uh, challenging COVID situation, and um, we're very fortunate to have had a lot of work leading into it for essential businesses like the Navy and the Army and a lot of uh, medical device customers. We, we did a lot for Philips on a recent project for uh, ventilators, and uh, that was a, you know, several-million-dollar project that we turned around in less than two weeks. I think there were 64,000 parts that we um, aggregated into assemblies or uh, into consolidated shipments to mobilize that. So uh, we're pretty proud of ourselves in terms of our ability to,
0: to, to well, be nimble, you for, if you will.
1: Thank you for that. That's uh, that's terrific. You did say 64 what?
2: 64,000 SKUs, yeah, in two weeks, yep.
1: Wow. Did you have to convert yep. your whole plan for the two weeks?
2: No, you know, fortunately,
0: we're, we, uh,
2: we've tried over the last few years to really build a more scalable business by putting better processes in place. And um, so, you know, in the past, we would add tons of people and people, you know, added cost. And we, uh, we've we taken more of an approach of leaning out our processes. So we have some really great partners in terms of manufacturers, and uh, and we have great employees. We've had 116 employees showing up every single day at our, uh, fabrication locations, um, you know, doing the work of champions, really. They're, um, they're keeping it going. And, um, that's a big part of our return to work strategy is to make sure that we keep those people safe, uh, because they well, have been for the last six or eight weeks.
1: Let, let's, let's talk about that because I know, and you know that there's uh, companies are uh, planning to go back. Some have already gone back. Um, what did you do? What did you have to do to uh, assure their uh, uh, safety? I'm sure there are a lot of people here who are contemplating this same issue as we speak.
2: It's a great question. We, you know, there is no playbook for for this, sadly, or if there is, uh, somebody lost it. Um, <laughs> I guess it was probably written back in 1918, right, the last time we had a pandemic Just of this probably. nature. Probably. Yeah, so we, um, you know, we, we uh, try to take a humble approach to a lot of things that we do, and that is we, we really do listen to other people in the industry. So we've, we have had a lot of tentacles out there. Um, I, I would say in some cases we feel as though we were leading the charge in that discussion. But, um, that being said, there are a lot of really great ideas you can get from other people. And so what we've really done is aggregated a lot of um, uh, you know, great ideas in terms of how to, number one, keep our people feeling safe, in uh, actual being safe during the time of COVID, such as adding deep cleaning to every location, um, an additional two or three times per week uh, in, in relevant spaces, high touch spaces. Uh, we've added foggers to our repertoire. I never thought that we would have foggers for um, electrostatic fogging to help uh, sanitize. We've um, we've really tried to minimize people's interaction with. Um, going outside of work, so those 116 people, we're supplying them with toilet paper, paper towels, antibacterial soap, gift cards for, um, you know, visa gift cards, so that they and their families can have this sense of peace of mind um, to not have to worry about running out to the store to get those critical items that everybody's been fighting over. Um, So keeping people safe and healthy in the interim was a really important thing for us. Safety is a robust part of our, you know, core values. Um, in terms of bringing people back, uh, of course, we're all clawing at the walls here to get out of our home offices because we've always been very customer facing, belly to belly, face to face. Uh, mm-hmm. That being said, um, we're going to take a very cautious approach to, approach to that. Um, so we are – we have a very, we have a five step um, you know pyramid. Right now we're in, in phase one of our pyramid, which basically says uh, unless there's you know uh, a reason like Rome is burning reason for you to have to go into at one of the offices, um, you're really not allowed to go into the offices if you've not been uh, at those facilities for the past six or eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, if you yeah if you do happen to go into those offices, you need to um, be submitted to a questionnaire and a temperature check uh, when you arrive at the office by one of our EH&S people. And um, then there's limited time and exposure, and you have to have the proper PPE while you're in the building.
1: Right. We had uh, an employee here this morning at our all metals and forged uh, group company who came in this morning and uh, said, "I, I just had to get out. I had to get out. And I'm working in the office and I got to get out and my computer went down this morning. So I thought I'd come in. I said, okay, great. Now you can think about how you're going home because you're leaving. Uh, Yeah. And that was it. Well, it's, it's
2: sad to be, have to be matter of fact in such a way. Right. Um, but I think when we're dealing with something where there's no vaccine at this point and, um, you know there are means of suppressing it. I guess with some of these new drugs, um, you know, you certainly you don't want to be the person that gives it to somebody else. God forbid you're carrying it, right? And you just don't know it.
1: Correct. Correct. And uh, it's uh, it's it's not a uh, it's not a pleasant uh, uh, illness to say the least. Um, so so uh, let's talk a, a a minute about what your actual Product or services, so they so our listeners can know to call upon you because you're you're so dedicated to your employees. I'm sure you're the same way with your customer and clients.
2: Oh yeah, no, our, our clients and customers are you know obviously critical to us. Um, they're the lifeblood of our company. So we, um, yeah, from a from a product perspective and solution perspective, you know, we're, we're a distributor for hydraulic components. Electrical components, pneumatic components, safety components, lubrication. Um, with companies like SMC Pneumatics and Omron Electronics and Phoenix Contact and Rex, bosch Rexroth Hydraulics and uh, Hydac Hydraulics, they're major, major manufacturers, world-presence uh, manufacturers, and um, they're, they're really first in class. We've amassed that line card. Uh, over many, many years. And at first, it was a beg and a plea to try to get the line because we were a virtual unknown. Um, and now we seem to have more vendors coming to us saying, hey, we, we want to be a part of what's going on at Airline because uh, we do have a girth that um, uh, and stability that, that makes us very appealing to manufacturers.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Our,
2: our parts... You know, distribution helped us transition as we started to hire more application engineers, um, and these were really engineers from our customers. Typically, that were tired of going through the daily grind of being an engineer, and we said, "Hey, if you want to control your own destiny a little bit, we have an opportunity for you to be a sales engineer." You know, so you're not a scummy salesperson, but you're a sales engineer. <laughs> and um, <laughs> about one in three of those people that we bring in last, because it's very difficult as you probably can imagine to take an engineer and convert them into somebody that, um, is thinking about generating revenue and, you know, uh, is able to cut off, you know, and so doing the whole project, they cut off at a certain point. Um, so having those types of people in the field facilitated out, we're providing you know, greater solutions. And so those solutions started off with smaller value add packages. And now, and we've, we've morphed our company into, um, I mean, we're building a power unit now, a hydraulic power unit. that has got a 6,000-gallon tank, and it's for a um, uh, fuel delivery system for fulcrum energy. And um, it's, uh, it's really unique. I mean, something of that size is going to go out on three tractor trailers, you know, full tractor trailers. So mm-hmm. to give you an idea of scope and size. Um, and, uh, and then we have small assemblies that would be used for semiconductor manufacturing that uh, the size of your thumbnail and uh, they deliver as much bang for the buck as the, uh, as the large power unit that I mentioned. So um, we don't have a customer that represents more than 5% of our revenue, and we don't have a vendor that represents more than 20% of our overall revenue. So um, we, we like to think that we're fairly balanced uh, from a, from an organizational perspective and line alignment perspective.
1: Right. Um, I'd like to go backwards uh, for a moment. Uh, you were talking before about the uh, the COVID uh, re-entry five-step pyramid. I don't know if mm-hmm. we got to the third, fourth, and fifth step. So, if you don't mind, I think these are c- critical uh, for manufacturers and listeners to uh, take heed to.
2: Yeah, and it's, it's a good question. It's, and it is They're basically baby steps as we go along. I mean, obviously, uh, phase one, you're not allowed in unless, you know, um, it's a severe situation. Phase two allows you to come in, but you have to um, uh, be in designated areas that we've called out, and then there's a cleaning procedure that follows before you leave that area. Um, You need to check in, obviously, and check out with people. Stage three allows people to congregate um, in um, parties of, two or less so really if you were going to have a conference face-to-face or an interview you could do so um, of course the person that comes in for, um, for an interview or something like that the ideal situation would be that we, we Skype them or Zoom them or you know all these other technologies first and then right. conduct something face-to-face only if need be um, stage you know basically moving up to stage stage five is, is freedom um, so to speak it's, it's back to where we were prior to, you know, to COVID and um, really stage five won't exist until in our world, until we have um, a vaccine. And um, that may sound like an overly cautious uh, perspective. But um, the last time I checked, even though I'm fairly, I'm I'm a pretty good tinkerer, I can't build a hydraulic power unit and (laughs) I can't build some of these other solutions that our people are building that are there. So we want to make sure that they feel safe.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, uh, and I think your step five may take some time to get there, unfortunately. But uh, I think I, I think that that's uh, I think it's the wise move. Uh, we have a similar uh, plan of action, uh, as I told you before. I sent one of my employees home today. You know, come back when I let you know. Uh, I'm not we're not we're not taking chances. You can't, you can't mess with this thing. And uh, so we feel as though that uh, we have a business continuity plan in place that we developed six years ago because of a hurricane uh, mm-hmm. that when we decided to close, we effectively shut everything down and reloaded it. And in 15 minutes, everybody was able to operate from home with computers and printers and scanners and uh, Zoom and you know, all, all the get, all the gadgets and technology that we could. And it's really, you know, I, I don't know if I want to let this out, but it's working better than when we're all together. So uh, we'll have to see how if we ever really get to stage five on our, our level. Uh, Tim, uh, I, I didn't mean to leave you out of this, so uh, come on in. Well, that's all right. I'm fascinated
0: by the discussion. Mark, I'm just wondering, because I uh, love to surf the websites of our guests and take a look at uh, some of the things that you offer, and it looks like you, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, help some of your customers establish areas where workers are kind of sequestered one from another but can, in fact, come in and get their work done. Is that right?
2: Yeah, it's a, that excellent point. We, um, we have been fabricating through our uh, machine process safety and automation group. Um, we, we've been processing barrier guards for pharmaceuticals and, um, my goodness, you know, you name the industry, it's, it's basically a grown person's erector set, um, that we, you know, we turn, we bring to life for people. And, um, so I'm very proud, honestly. We we have a, a really solid marketing team, and we have a very innovative sales force, and um, really I, I think a, a wonderful culture within our organization that has facilitated our pivoting to take those elements and put them into um, you know, basically physical or social distancing barriers. And um, we picked up a new customer this past week. They, uh, they have an, an interesting address. It's 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue.
1: <laughs> so I'll bet
2: we, you uh, are a new <laughs> we do. It, it was, it was a pretty neat one. You know, I get a listing of all of our new customers every week and um, I saw the White House and I thought to myself, wow, we've kind of arrived, right? They're coming to us for social uh, or physical distancing panels. And so, you know, these panels, they apply to, um, you know, pretty much any area where you have people congregating Uh, Could be printers and copiers, you know, fax machines, stuff like that. Could be um, uh, in uh, lunchrooms. We're doing a lot of, you know, a lot of people went to an open office environment, right? Lower uh, panels for their desk areas, and now we're building those back up. So we just did a nursing home, um, the office in a nursing home. We are uh, every single day. There's new orders that we're getting for these panels. We're doing service counters for HVAC companies, um, and we do a little frosted um, emblem on each of them for the people, so that it uh, is, it feels more like home and less imposing or threatening to people. Because, you know, these barriers they're going to be a part of our everyday life. Um, sadly, I believe moving forward, and um, we want them to be a little bit more inviting uh, for people when they come in, so they can see a common name. You know, Penn. You know, sure. Penn Univers- University of Pennsylvania, or you know,
0: right,
2: uh, so right. yeah, so it's, right. it's been an interesting journey, there
0: yeah. Well, I'm looking also, Mark, uh, at your website, and it shows custom modular clean rooms. That's pretty sophisticated stuff.
2: Yeah, it's it, that's interesting. We've done a lot with NIST and um, uh, NIH or National Institute of Health. We do a lot with um, those guys in downdraft um, protection systems, you know, clean room systems, uh, ceiling grids with HEPA filters and UV lighting. Uh, we're very strong in the medical device world for um, lab automation where they need um, clean rooms or cleaner environments. In some cases, you know, fume mitigation and remediation. Um, so, you know, the wonderful thing is is that the products that we represent, they lend themselves to being integrated into solutions that um, are really, really unique. And what, what really makes us unique, because you can buy you know, bargain brands out there for fume hoods, but when you go to a Merck, and, and Merck has 37 and a half feet in a lab, they want to use every single inch of that you know, wall space. And so our systems can literally be built to 37 and a half inches, very customized, and um, so they can maximize that very, very valuable lab space. So, um, yeah, we've been doing that probably for 10 or 12 years now, uh, applying those technologies.
0: And I've uh, just got r- to wrap things up, Mark, because I'm looking at your the industries that you serve, and, it, and it's really just all over the board. Uh, you guys are in pulp and paper and marine and power generation and you're in every manufacturer in America, um, every kind of manufacturer in America.
2: Yeah, that, that's why it makes it such a difficult dinner party discussion when people ask you, <laughs> who are the customers and what do you do? and uh, you know, you look at an excavator, a Komatsu excavator, and we're doing the final drive rebuilds out of our uh, facilities up in Lancaster, New York, Or we do the limit switches for a boom crane for JLG. And uh, you go to a doctor's office and uh, there's an autoclave and we're doing the control system for the, uh, the OEM that makes the autoclave or um, semiconductor fabrication location. You know, we're doing the gate valves and uh, high vacuum valves. So... It, it is, you know, I didn't come from engineering. I kind of came from a school of hard knocks in terms of my schooling, um, non-traditional. Um, but I mean, you're like a kid in a candy shop with what we do. It, it is, uh, it's been 25 years of a lot of fun, um, you know, solving customers problems and, and working in a, you know, in, in a growing, um, you know, good culture, I would say.
1: That's really, uh, that's amazing, uh, mark and uh we we i think you have to uh, give us your url so our customers can reach out to you
0: yep uh it's just uh,
2: www.airlinehide.com that's a i r l i n e h y d .com and um yeah we'd love for people to visit it's it's a tough story to tell on our website, so we always like to say pick up the phone or, or dial into our chat and engage with us because every time we bring a customer through our facilities, they oftentimes will walk through saying, wow, I, just, I never knew you guys were doing these things. So um,
1: well, then, uh, in that we case, do
2: virtual tours.
1: In that case, Mark, let's give your phone number at the company as well. Yes, it's 215-638-4700.
2: And uh, if you have a question or you want something, you can ask from me. I'm happy to talk to anybody.
1: Okay. Uh, Jim?
0: No, that's just wonderful stuff to hear, Mark. Uh, I'm glad we have a chance to talk to a company who's right in the thick of things to help uh, America reopen and get businesses back to work because right now that's what this country needs more than anything. So, Mark, thank you for the work that you do, and I appreciate you being on the show.
2: Yeah, one one quick parting note, guys, and, and I think we're all in agreement on this. Let's bring more manufacturing back to the U.S., right? Amen. The, uh,
1: you betcha, you betcha.
2: Yep, it, no, it, has, no, it has shaken all of us. And uh, I think we all need to focus on, um, you know, maybe we have to pay 50 cents more for a hanger, but I sure as heck would like to see it say made made in the USA you know on automation equipment and robotics that we supplied you know
1: we we tip your hat we tip your hat for that one Uh, uh, mark if you have any situation that comes up uh, additional stories or any uh, other contribution that you think that you can make to the uh, to our manufacturing uh, sector by all means uh, reach out to me Uh, I'm always available I'm working almost 24-7 on four different companies, so I'm keeping pretty busy. So uh, <laughs> I, wish you, I wish you luck. Um, I like what you're doing, and uh, I'm sure that uh, uh, everyone who will go to your site will see exactly uh, how you might, how they may, you may be able to help them. So thanks a lot for being Great. on the show.
2: Yeah, Tim and Lou, thanks thanks again for having me on the show today. Real honor. And sure, we're going to have to get lunch together sometime. You're in Jersey, so I'm going to have to swing up and have lunch with you sometime when we get face to face, belly to belly again. Okay? You
1: betcha. And we can even do a video interview. We've have a studio here, which we can do. So I'll hold that out as a I can't think of the word. I'm, I'm, I'm pending author. I'm yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that works for so, me. Okay. I'd love to do it. Thank all right, you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank have a great you. day,
0: all right? Yep. Right. You, okay. the, the you too. And we have been speaking with Mark Steffens, who's CEO of Airline Hydraulics. Don't let the name fool you. Uh, go to their website, airlinehyd.com, or give them a call and Get into what they do. They also have an 800 number, which is really easy to remember. It's 800 999 7378. 800 999
1: 7378. Lou? Yeah, i just add one more thing. I remember in my conversation with them uh, that I had uh, uh, several weeks ago prior to the show that just so people have even a better understanding, they're like a, a fab shop uh, where they. You know they put they can do and put together things uh as he explained in many of his uh anecdotal stories that they can change uh and create any kind of a custom um, uh, piece of equipment or uh, electronics and what have you so uh they fall into the class of a fab shop and uh you know, go to their website, and you'll get even a better uh, better view of that. So to that, uh, I, I, I thank Mark for being on the show. And, uh, Tim, uh, it's in your lap.
0: And we want to encourage people to go to our website, which is JMC, Jacket Media Co., JacketMediaCo.com. That is the parrot that is the production house for all of the podcasts that we do. So give that a uh, trip over to JacketMediaCo.com and click into any of our websites or our magazine, and we appreciate always all of our listeners listening to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio.
1: Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com.